0: Good morning and welcome to Sunrise with Holly. Best brought to you with a sunrise on the horizon and a hot cuppa in your hand. Good morning and welcome to this episode of Sunrise with Holly. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Today I have an amazing guest with me um, and it's kind of one of those, wow, where do I start? um, Ways to explain her. She is a superwoman. Yes, that's right. You've come to an interview with superwoman. She has two businesses and runs a cheerleading gym, plus two kids and still finds time for her partner, her dogs, renovations, and even the odd conversation on the gram. Introducing Layla from Two Sweet Boys, who is one of the most driven creative people I know. The conversations Layla is going to share with us today truly shows you just how much of a superhero she is and a self-made superhero, some of the toughest of things to become the beautiful woman she is today. So, introducing Layla. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, I'm very excited for um, today. Excited to get started. The conversation we're going to start with is about anger. And the reason why we're going to talk about that is because of a conversation that I can relate to really strongly, which is overcoming anger. Leila's going to tell us a little bit about how she recognized her anger and how she's kind of overcome her anger, and maybe give us some advice about how we can do it. Awesome, so I'll start with probably when I
1: started to really recognize these feelings and start to think about the need for change. It was around about my teenage years, so right when you've got a whole lot of things going on, school's really busy, friendships can be difficult, you're starting kind of those relationships, and I started to recognize that my feeling of anger to me wasn't exactly Uh, what I would consider as normal. So I've always said this is really difficult to explain and I'm not sure if it makes sense to anyone else, but when I would feel anger, even over the smallest things, it would be like an insane, insane burning feeling inside. It would just feel so overwhelming that I couldn't continue with normal everyday things. So if I was working or having a conversation with someone, I'd kind of need to stop that immediately because these feelings inside were just so strong. That's when I kind of realized that I needed to start working through these things. Anger for me comes a lot from my childhood. So I would say it's a learnt behavior. There was a lot of anger in the home. So I feel like the anger that I had I had learned to deal with in kind of negative ways. So there's different ways you can deal with your feelings. And the ways I had learned from seeing it in the home was kind of like just anger, yelling, um, breaking things, lots of like really destructive behavior. So that was taking a huge toll through my teenage years and I could really see it was affecting those around me. So it obviously affected friendships, it affected the relationship that I had, especially with my mom. Uh, We fought a lot and that's where, yeah, that's where I kind of realized that I needed to start to change things. Okay, so the next things that I kind of decided to do was to try and find some help around this insane amount of kind of anger that I was feeling. So I tried a lot of different things such as counseling And I also attended an anger management group. So that was a group where we sat around with a whole bunch of other people around the same age and we kind of discussed our feelings of anger and ways that we could kind of work through that. There was a little workbook that we got as well. Um, I actually ended up leaving that group partway through. I just felt like I wasn't in the right mind space. And I think that's something really, really important to note here is that you need to be in the right mind space to be able to work through an issue whether it's to do with anger or something completely different anything think kind of mentally that you're going through if you're not in the right mind space it doesn't matter what kind of help that you're given you just can't really take it on board so the counseling was good although what I found really difficult was each counselor that maybe left their job or you know passed me on to a different counselor I was constantly having to retell my story again because it starts when I was quite young I was retelling my whole story Um, my relationship with my parents and all of that kind of stuff. I just found it really draining and difficult to keep bringing up all that stuff again. And then instead of working through those issues, I was just kind of retelling that story, retelling that story. Um, I didn't really feel like
0: I was getting anywhere. How old were you when you were going through the anger management course and counselors and stuff?
1: So, around maybe even 14, 15, somewhere around there. I will add as well. So, those that do follow me on Instagram will have read about my relationship with self harm. So, self harm is something that actually started for me when I was around 11. So, I was really young, and that became a way that I dealt with really strong feelings, especially my anger. But I knew that it wasn't a kind of a positive way of dealing with. That kind of stuff. So that was kind of where I was at at that time. I was I wasn't really dealing with the issues. I was just kind of masking them. When these issues arose, I would just deal with the symptoms. So I would self harm. I would instantly feel that relief and feel better, and then I would move on. And until those issues came up again, and then I'll deal with it the
0: same way. I was never actually getting kind of to the root of the cause. But as well, when we were first talking about anger, whether the self harm is a way to deal with it, was the self harm like taught by anyone or seen anywhere, or that was just your own way of expressing I guess?
1: Um, yeah it actually it was something that was almost like a trend which is really sad to say and it really scares me having children myself um, because I know that I was influenced by those around me at school so at intermediate school it became more, almost like a trend where yeah people were kind of self-harming but I don't know if it was to kind of deal with issues it was Almost like a look what I've done type thing. I think that's where people get really confused with self harm because they see it as a, as an attention seeking thing. And I definitely understand where that comes from. That idea comes from because I've seen it before as well. But then there's also people who genuinely rely on that form of relief from you know really deep issues that they're dealing with. So yeah, it was kind of a yeah something I'd seen other people doing. I pretty much went home from school and tried it, and I was like, wow, this it's so hard to explain, it's literally like a wave washing over me, so it was any anxiety, any stress, any anger, any, you know, intense pain inside, literally just washed away the second that I
0: self-harmed. I like struggle for words because I can't like relate to that, I know people who did um, self-harm and that and again, as you said, for like real reasons, there was never any um, attention seeking behind it, but the way you just explained it there is like that obviously the physical relief of emotions
1: yeah and that's why I think it's so important to talk about those things because although you know to help people that are in that situation you don't have you don't have to have actually been in that position but just that understanding of why they do those things and how it helps them even though it's you know it's not an ideal way to deal with things it actually became like an addiction for me so I knew it was a really really quick fix it instantly fix the issue and I would do it all the time um from the age of 11 up to I think about 19 was the last time that I self-harmed um stopped
0: around 19 so where where or like what prompted you to stop or what helped you to kind of um curb that addiction
1: um so when I was around I'm pretty sure I was around 19 um I self-harmed for the very last time the extent of it was accidental. So what I used was something that was so much sharper than I realized what it was. So I usually self-harmed on my top of my thigh. So it was a place where other people couldn't see. I was really conscious of not affecting other people. So I wanted to deal with my own issues. I didn't want to put those you know, those issues on other people. And I know when you see other people that are hurt, your instant reaction is to want to help them and stuff. And I just didn't want to put that kind of burden on anyone else. So I was really careful where I did it. It was somewhere hidden and somewhere that, you know, I could just keep to myself and deal with my issues myself without affecting others. So I self-harmed on my leg using a, a razor that was a lot sharper than I realized it was. I actually ended up having to go to hospital and having 12 stitches in my leg. So it was... It was a really scary experience, a really eye-opening experience for me, and it actually scared me. It scared me so much that, that I never, ever did it again. You know, if I ever held something to self-harm, I just couldn't do it because I terrified myself that much. So, you know, although that was a terrible experience, I suppose the silver lining out of it was that I never did it again, and I had to find alternative ways to deal with with those really strong feelings, than self-harming
0: the first time that anyone else kind of got involved or knew about it or did people kind of know about it long before that like your family and that? Uh, well I went to a boarding boarding school for high school so I
1: think some people around me probably did see and possibly the teachers although I was you know I kept it hidden pretty well but that definitely was the first time that someone had to get involved. Um, it was my partner at the time and um, his reaction wasn't great he was um, pretty angry at me for doing that obviously I hadn't said to anybody that I was feeling the way I was and to be honest I couldn't even tell you why I was feeling the need to do that I don't remember I just know that everyone was in the lounge watching tv and I just had that burning feeling inside that I needed to deal with and I went off to the bathroom and the idea was that I would be able to walk back out and join everybody watching tv and it wouldn't be you know, anything that anyone else could deal with. So, yeah, I had to be taken off to the hospital. There was a lot of blood everywhere in the bathroom, which I was really embarrassed because my flatmates didn't know anything about, you know, my self-harming or anything like that. So I just had to leave it all there and and go to the hospital. And they, yeah, would have seen that, I guess. And I don't really know what they would have thought or would have known had gone wrong. But yeah, it was yeah definitely difficult having other people involved because it was something that I always kept to myself. Um, Hospital or anyone pick up on anything or try and offer you any help as well or... Yeah, it's a really good question, actually. Um, on the drive there, we had a really big argument about not saying anything about it. Um, I was in the middle of competitive cheerleading and we were about to head to Australia in a week's time to compete at our first overseas competition. So I was extremely terrified that I would be put into kind of like the mental ward and I would be held there and I'd and let my team down and not be able to go overseas and compete. So I had a really big discussion about not telling anybody about what I had done. I made up a story. I said that I was cutting frozen meat of all things in the kitchen and you know obviously frozen meat is hard so I was pushing hard with a knife and it, the chopping board fell off and I cut my leg um, yeah and they totally bought that story and I didn't get asked any other questions at all I suppose because both of us were yeah, going ahead with that story although I, what I do question is that I have a lot of other scarring there around it so I do wonder Obviously I don't blame anybody, they were just doing their job at the time, but I do wonder why they didn't ask any further questions because they could see the scarring there. Someone that did pick up on it was the lady who removed my stitches just under a week later because I was heading over to Australia. I I went to a nurse at my university who removed the stitches. It was so bad that the stitches hadn't really held it together so I had to have a whole pack of steri strips over it as I went overseas and yeah, she had asked some questions about if it was to do with self-harming and I said, yeah, it was. I think she said, what what actually happened here? And I said, oh, do you want the real story or do you want kind of the made up one? So I, yeah, I did tell her the truth and she referred me on to get some counselling at the university, which was really good. I think I was feeling a lot of pressure at the time to to complete all my papers and assignments and there was one particular uh, it's just coming back to me now actually one one particular paper where I actually couldn't recall any of the content at all and we had assignments due and I it was just all becoming quite overwhelming so The counsellor helped me to cut back on some of my papers so that it was at a
0: kind of like a level that I could deal with. Counsellor, that helped you. Did they give you a lot of tools and stuff to kind of, even though the fear stopped the immediate addiction, was the counsellor the one who kind of gave you a lot of follow-up tools to then move on from there?
1: To be honest, not really. I was offered medication, which I did take at the time. I'm all for medication as long as it's side by side with some kind of therapy or counselling. I've also studied psychology, so we have learned that they work best side by side, um, working together. But the medication for me worked for a while and then I felt that it numbed all of my feelings so not only did I not feel all those lows but I also didn't feel any of the highs I wasn't enjoying anything I was doing I wasn't enjoying my work I wasn't enjoying my sports. you know hanging out with friends and stuff it just I just wasn't getting any of those kind of good feelings so what steps I did have to take to get better was all really within myself so there's a quote that and I can't remember it word for word but it's something my teacher told me at primary school And it was that someone can hold the door open for you, but you need to take those steps to walk through it. So I may have been given, you know, a bit of a helping hand with my counsellors and they may have given me some tips and tricks, but I personally needed to take those steps forward. I had to take responsibility and think, right, I'm going to put these things in place. What works for me? What changes do I need to make in order to move forward? And it wasn't until I made that decision myself to really push and move forward that I actually started to get better.
0: I can definitely relate to that as well. Like I spent a lot of time blaming other people, but until I took accountability for this is the situation I'm in and I'm the only one that can move forward, that's when you can move forward. Absolutely. And I think I took a
1: lot of the stuff from my childhood and what I wanted was I wanted an apology, to be honest. And to this day, I've never had one. And I needed to accept that I wasn't going to get an apology and an apology wasn't actually what I needed to move forward so I had to make those choices to make some changes and I've always said it's super important to break the cycle so far as I understand it is something that's gone through a couple of generations in my family with this anger and it was really important for me to break that
0: cycle so that I didn't put my future children through that same cycle. Literally the best motivation ever like not good way but in the way that you will never let that down because I'm the exact same I'm so stubborn and defiant and not repeating that cycle that it gives me so much motivation to change which is so so beautiful for all your children and for you as well because it does mean that you get to live a life that's happy as well yeah absolutely Um, Even though it's something that
1: I feel like I have mostly overcome, I think it's something really important that you constantly need to be working on. So it's not something that, you know, that you fix once and for all and that's it, it's totally over. I obviously still deal with normal emotions such as anger and things like that, but there's lots of things that I'm practicing now that I know is really important for me to make sure that I don't fall back into bad habits. So working on mindfulness is something that's quite important for me. Making sure that I'm working on kind of calming techniques. I do a lot of journaling, so writing things down, writing down thoughts, and also writing down things that I'm really thankful for as well, because I think it's always really important to acknowledge things that you're really thankful for. Um, Yoga is something that I've really gotten into as well. I'm quite into my sports, and usually my sports, such as cheerleading, is a lot more athletic, would you call it, than yoga. Yoga just has this amazing ability to really calm your body and mind. It's amazing to do in the morning. And I actually
0: started doing it because I watched you do it. Because now I'm actually really slack on it at the moment. Um, but I need to get back into it. Because if you didn't know, but yoga is actually like a form of meditation. So the way that you breathe with each movement is actually a form of meditation. Because it brings your body back to the present moment. Which is why it's so relaxing. But yeah, I need to get back into that. But I, be- I totally believe in seasons. And as much as I love accountability, I'm like, there's seasons of things. It will come back. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's got to be, yeah. And as we were saying earlier, you've got to be kind of all into it to kind of give your
0: all. You've got to be in the right mind space. I think that's a really, really good point as well. eh? Not putting pressure on yourself to be perfect all the time with overcoming all like big topics like this and things. It takes time. And there's times when it's meant to be done and times where you can physically work through it and mentally work through it. And then there's times we just need to take a break and live for a bit and then come back to it.
1: Yeah. And that was the other thing that I wanted to talk about is that healing is not straightforward. There's no once you're on the path to healing and you're feeling great and better. It's not right. That's it. It's nice and straightforward and easy. There's always going to be those ups and downs. And for me, it's about riding those waves and being okay with exactly where you are at that time. And also acknowledging how far you've come. I think we as humans are really good at kind of thinking, oh, but I'm not there right now or I wish I was here. I wish I could do these things. I think it's really important to say, hey, look at all these things that I've overcome. Look at how far I've come. Think about the person you were as a teenager or a little child and kind of what struggles you were going through and how far you've come since then.
0: I've like literally loved to live by that. Like that is so... So true and that's like even earlier when I was saying you're like you said so many lovely things about me and I was like they're all 100% true but so often we don't sit down and look at all the incredible things we're doing. We're so focused on where we're going.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And another thing that I've found really helpful for me is sharing my experience. So I've now come to a, a point in my life I suppose where I'm totally okay about talking about any of these topics at all and that's something that I want to make really clear to others that may also follow me on Instagram that I'm always open to talk about anything. You can literally ask me anything and nothing is going to, you know, upset me or, you know, be offensive to me. I just, yeah, I really want to kind of create that space and that community where we can talk about topics that, you know, maybe taboo topics that people, you know don't really feel comfortable about talking about I think it's so important to talk about those things to share experiences and to open up with each other so that we can share that kind of
0: understanding for each other and kind of experiences that we've been through seriously shows how much of a beautiful person you are and I know that anyone listening to this that follows you on Instagram will already know that by the way you talk but yeah it's just so incredible how open you are to open yourself up other people And I was listening to a thing that Oprah said this morning about how your legacy is not what you create, but it's how many lives you touch. And it literally reminded me of that. And I was just like, she's so beautiful. Like, oh, you're so kind. It's really hard to take compliments and stuff like that. But it's just something
1: I'm so passionate about. When I was actually going through a whole heap of this stuff as a teenager, I said to myself, when I overcome all of this and when I get better, my goal is to go out and help people. And something, I don't know if this will ever become like a real life thing that I can do, but a vision that I've had since I was younger, and I think it would be really important if I would be able to kind of implement this in some way, that I would love to go into schools and teach a program to children about positive ways to deal with really hard, strong feelings, such as anger. Because I just didn't have those kind of coping mechanisms. When I was dealing with anger, I I learned to do things such as self-harm, which isn't a positive way of dealing with it. And I think that was maybe taught in schools, teaching children or young adults kind of how to deal with those strong feelings. And then maybe we might not have adults today that are
0: still struggling to deal with those big feelings. Hold on to that. That like literally that dream will be a vision one day that is exactly where like I stand and part of me sharing this is like sharing and doing interviews with people is because you've got to start somewhere and you've got to impact wherever you can impact and shine your light and going into schools and stuff is a dream of mine as well because I remember sitting there in schools and you would hear motivational speakers talk and I always used to say to myself oh if only something traumatic would happen in my life then I could go up there and speak and little did I know the life I was living in that moment was horrifically traumatic, but I was so conditioned to believing that was normal, that I had no idea. And it's the same thing with anger. You think that that's normal because no one's telling you it's not. So yeah, I think kids definitely need to hear that. And I even think adults need to hear that.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that also brings up another thing Um, that you were saying there, you know, how you were, how you were hoping for something traumatic, you know, so that you had kind of a big story to tell type thing. Something that I was always told when I was growing up, was, you know, I would say, oh, these things are really hard or difficult, or I wish I didn't have to deal with that or have this at home. And I was told, well, you know, some people have it worse off than you do, so just be thankful. And that's something that I held on to for a really, really long time. And I didn't think that my feelings were valid at all because, you know, some people, you know, are having... Much much worse times at home, so therefore I should just be thankful that I haven't got it as as bad as them. And that's something that I want to make so clear to people that just because other people have had different experiences, or possibly you know maybe they maybe they are worse off than you, that doesn't at all mean that your feelings or experiences aren't valid at all. Yeah,
0: definitely, I one hundred percent agree. I can't add to that. That is <laughs> that is like just bang on point of what it is because. Yeah, I grew up with very similar things, and I think that's potentially from our parents being from the same age bracket, and that's how they were growing up. They were just yeah, very unconscious of the words that were coming out of um, their mouths and what they were repeating, and yeah, I, I don't blame them for that. It was just how they were taught how to communicate, but now we get to be the change. Absolutely. How our parents and that have kind of impacted us on what they have said, but also mentioned about how you've removed yourself from toxic people and toxic environments. So tell us how you removed yourself from those toxic people environments.
1: So something that I've come to learn is that we have choices and that's something that's another part of what made me really work on those changes that I wanted to make is I actually have a choice. I've got a choice you know, on, on my attitude for the day. I've got a choice on how I react to certain situations, but I also have a choice on the people that I choose to be around and also the environments that I kind of put myself in. So I think it's really important to think to yourself, is this serving me in some way? Is it adding value to my life? And it things also need to be kind of like a give and take relationship. So friendships, for example, is give and take. You can't constantly be giving, giving, giving giving things to people, offering advice. Whether it's not exactly you know giving physical things, but just giving, I don't know, like your time or conversations and always checking in on how they are, they also need to reciprocate that back to you as well. So it can be really draining constantly giving yourself to other people, even family members. I think it's really important not saying just shut everyone out of your life but just just because someone's you know like a family member that doesn't mean that you have to accept the way that they treat you or uh, maybe situations they put you in or expose you to and all that kind of stuff you can actually choose to remove yourself from those situations so if someone isn't serving you or they're not adding value to your life stop contacting them maybe you'll find that that will kind of remove them from you in a way because they weren't contacting you anyway so you know it's it's got to be that give and take I think that's really important can't remember who it was but someone also gave me some awesome advice and it's something that I always think about and it's about filling up your cup so I think we all know very well about filling up our cup and doing things to fill up our cup that's often talked about on social media a lot performing acts of self-care so whether that's maybe going for a massage or having a bath or having some me time that's filling up your cup But what about those people that are also emptying your cup? So people that aren't kind of contributing to your life in a positive way, that takes a huge, huge toll on your life. And if people are constantly emptying your cup, it just, it becomes so exhausting, it's too hard to even fill it up yourself. So you need to make those choices to remove yourself from situations or people that really aren't adding
0: any value how you said that though about people emptying your cup because quite often we don't look for the things that in our cup we just keep trying to fill it up so that's a really upside down way to kind of look at it to who's taking from us as well as what we're receiving so all of those questions come down to working on who you want to be which I find incredible and it's something I work on as well but how do you come to decide who you want to be how do you create someone that you want to be if you've never had an example of that person
1: yeah I think that's that's really an interesting question especially when those parental role models I suppose were not people that I wanted to
0: be no role, role models of who you wanted to be how did you discover who you want to be
1: suppose I wanted to take an approach where I normalized particular feelings so for my children I want them to know it's totally okay to feel feelings such as anger I really wanted to be able to facilitate a place where they could feel those feelings and kind of ride those waves and learn positive coping mechanisms I think another thing is that people that have been through a similar situation will be rather hard on themselves so I know like parental guilt is a totally normal thing and I know that we all feel that something I do wonder is maybe is there different degrees of feeling that I know that I feel super guilty for things that I know I totally shouldn't maybe normal things such as yelling for example so I imagine most parents raise their voice a little bit at at some time and I find it really hard to remember that that's kind of a normal reaction so maybe if I don't know, the children are about to do something that could maybe harm them or spill something hot on them or something. You know, your instant reaction is just a yell, like, stop, kind of get their attention straight away. I will feel extremely, extremely terrible and I'll beat myself up about that afterwards for quite some time because it just brings back a lot of memories and it's just someone that I don't want to be. So I think as well as working on kind of that good role model and who I want to be for my children, I also need to remember that some things are quite normal and most parents will
0: experience those things or maybe do those things. I've had those moments before as well where Romeo's gone to grab something and I've yelled at him to like stop to protect him um, and he's instantly broken down in tears and then I've broken down in tears because I've scared him and you know I don't want to be that parent but you know what I mean it is a natural reaction you would yell that to a parent but when you yell it to your child it brings back so much stored emotion from your childhood. So, no, I fully understand that and I don't think that we would be the only ones in that situation either, I think. Just by the generation we were raised in, I think that there would be a lot of other people that would feel the same because they're also trying not to be like their parents and that's such a learned behaviour from that generation. So. Just in summary, after everything we've talked about, would you have any kind of one message that you would give to anyone who's kind of stuck in any one of these situations who's overwhelmed? Would there be any message that you give to them? There's so many things. <laughs> I think it's really hard just to pick like,
1: you know, like kind of one message, but the main one would be ask for help. I know that that said a lot, you know, ask for help, reach out to somebody. But honestly, you'll be so surprised that when you reach out, how many people will actually take you in will understand what you're feeling I think because we think that all of these feelings and experiences and things that we've got built up inside because they're not talked about I think we we think that other people won't really understand us or they won't be able to help us but it just takes that that first step so the first step is reaching out asking for help and then decide yourself you know what changes do I need to make how can I make these changes for myself so that I'm happy? We need
0: to be happy. I love that. That is the, I think, the perfect way to end it on is that you need to be happy. So yeah, make those little changes you can to be stepping into the right direction because it definitely takes time and practice to be happy. But everyone, I believe everyone is capable of it. Killed as. So that is everything. Thank you guys so much for listening to... This episode of Sunrise with Holly. Remember to check Layla out on Instagram. She is beautiful to follow, and you will continue to get her amazing wise words and beautiful stories. So, with that, I leave you guys to have a beautiful day, and we'll see you next time.